Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 1 Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Genesis chapter 39 Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer of his house and over all, uh, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And with him there, he had no concern for anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was handsome and good-looking. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, with me here, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my hand. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not consent to lie beside her or be with her. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work, and while no one else was in the house, she caught hold of his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called out to the members of her household and said to them, See, my husband has brought us brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cry out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Then she kept his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came in to, to insult me. But as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, This is the way your servant treated me, he became enraged. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all of the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatever was done there, 
He was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 through 30. Still, I think it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and co-worker and fellow soldier, your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for all of you and has been distressed because you because he heard that you, because you heard that he was ill. He was indeed so ill that he nearly died, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him but on me also, so I would not have one sorrow after another. I am the more eager to send him therefore, in order that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Welcome him then in the Lord with all joy, and honor such people because he came close to death for the work of Christ risking his life to make up for those services that he could not give me. Good morning and welcome to the 13th Thursday after Pentecost. Uh, This morning's readings uh, begin with the first psalm, uh, all of it, and then we follow with that uh, with Genesis and then uh, the letter to the Philippians. Very quickly, Genesis is this um, kind of, is a story between when Joseph's uh, siblings sell him into slavery, uh, but before, um, you know, arriving in Egypt in order to kind of ascend the ranks and become Pharaoh's kind of right-hand man. Um, And it's interesting just to kind of see the evolution. Like, it didn't just, you know, go straight to Egypt and see all this, the story sets up the the favor that God treats um, Joseph with. The the selection from Philippians uh, is real brief, but um, if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to read um, my uh, medium.com article um, on Philippians. I call it Paul's Letter to Veterans. And that's because the colony in Philippi, a colony in Philippi, was full of veterans. Um, there's all these different um, uh, kind of circumstances that make it very clear um, that Paul is consciously writing to a group of military families, um, both descendants of military families in a very important battle, the Battle of Philippi, which was the end of the, the Roman Republic and the beginning of the Roman Empire. Um, but also as uh, an outpost of Rome, uh, where the um, where the military would have had a, a, a very high presence, and you can see it in some of the language today, um, where he talks about Epaphroditus as a soldier, um, and not just a soldier, a fellow soldier. So he's referring to himself uh, and Epaphroditus um, as soldiers metaphorically. Um, and he's writing to military families, and so he's like placing himself among uh, his audience. Uh, he's not stealing valor. Uh, he's not like outright claiming to be a soldier or a veteran. Um, it's clearly a metaphor, and it's this symbolism and language that he uses repeatedly in the letter to uh, the church in Philippi. Um, and the other. Uh, noteworthy part is how much emphasis he places on Epaphroditus almost dying and elsewhere in the letter um, he talks about how uh, oh you know 
the the virtue of you know being prepared to die for the good and I mean that's in my language but he talks about um, you know how uh, don't you know that um, being willing to die is a mark of you know the Christian life um, and he's not really talking about martyrdom he's talking about you know the that uh, saying of Jesus from the book of John that love is uh, has none that's greater than this and that is to give up your life for your friends um, and so he says um, apparently Epaphroditus did almost die and it was because he was sick because he was doing the work of Christ risking his life to make up for those services that he um, that the church in Philippi could not give Paul um, and so he kind of makes this big deal about, oh, you know, Epaphras risked his life to kind of um, create an affinity with these military families who know precisely what it is to risk your life and to, um, you know, wait with bated breath um, as to whether or not someone will live. And a whole letter uh, to uh, the church in Philippi is just filled with this um, military language and reference. Um, I really encourage you my listeners to check out the uh, Paul's letter to veterans and I can share a link on social media this morning Um, but it's just one of those things that not a whole lot of people have given a whole lot of notice and I think it could significantly impact how we speak about um, the military in contemporary life and and the extent to which the church um, the modern church you know collaborates with military families and communities, not to do violence, but uh, to uh, establish and maintain order and all the rest. But um, yeah, the, the letter uh, to the Philippians is just one of those things that's, you know, really captures my attention and I hope captures yours as well. for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with the recording app of your choice. 
prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.